0: Welcome to the gym session, brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile and Footy Live. It's time to chat all things football with your host, Jimmy Sabo.
1: Hello, and welcome to the gym session. I'm Jimmy Sabo, and thanks to Sportsmate Mobile and the Footy Live app, I get to speak to you here today after a terrific round of AFL action. Make sure you download the Footy Live app for all your content, news, stats, and scores. And in fact, if you haven't yet, you probably can't even call yourself a true AFL footy fan, because if you're on Twitter on the weekend, you would have seen that 7 AFL actually screenshotted our app to show the top possession getters for the Bulldogs on Friday night. Now, if that doesn't say something. So the secret's out. Our app is number one, and I just got an email. And so is your guest today, Jack Heverin. He's one of Australia's biggest and best sports broadcasters, and we're lucky enough to have him here today to talk a bit about himself, his opinions, and the thoughts on round one. The Monday review panel on a Tuesday is back with Nico and Gordon coming in to uh, give you their hot takes on uh, the footy of the weekend, and we'll read out some tweets and feedback so you guys can all get involved. And finally... We were allowed to get involved in footy over the weekend in Victoria. We flocked to the stadiums and it was such a special moment to be there again. It was like the first day back with your partner after they'd been away for a while. You forget just how much money you saved without them. You had to practically take out a mortgage to afford lunch at the G and uh, there's probably more alcohol in Billy Brownless's breath today than those miniature cups of Pinot Grigio they serve you. Gordo loves them. But it was still so good to be back, and uh, we were reminded just how important football is to us. The supporters, the emotion, Collingwood losing, it doesn't get any better. There was a super round of footy with heaps to talk about, so we better get straight into the podcast. But first, let's head to our ponderful round recap. Footy was back on Thursday night, and while not everyone could attend, the fans still looked at it like a stadium half full. Carlton didn't drink the night before, but they were definitely feeling dusty. Teague tried to walsh down some hard to swallow Lambert, but they came up short. Jaden had 23, but Jack Graham made Adam very sad. He played well, though, but Carlton fans had the Blues with a 25-point loss. It was pretty obvious Trelaw still had feelings for his exes on Friday night, so the best he could do was block them and move on. He did that early on on the wing, while fans booed, then clapped, but the Dogs proved studying English as a second subject to Stephen Martin, the results in higher marks. Bailey Smith's stats sheet was as long as his mullet, and the side could finally celebrate with a lukewarm beverage, still disgruntled by the new sub rule. The D's revealed their own Jordan in number 23, although the side's skills were as good as a double dribble. It was May Day for Frio as they kept kicking to Stephen while Jake pulled the defence lever to hand Melbourne a 22 point win. Danger, danger. Cats and Paddy get whacked by a murder of crows. Tex Walker was a runner. Debutants were very good, and Rory led his team to the biggest upset we'd seen in years. It's a long way back to GMHBA after that performance. That Saturday night's tale of two quarters at Marvel was heroic from both sides, but ended with the Hawks taking down their arch nemesis. Up in Brisbane, the young swans spread their wings against the toothless lions in front of a stunned Gabba crowd. On Sunday, Ports Power Surge shot the lights out of North season opener, but former Cold Fire Jaden Stevenson avoided the cull, bounding into the new season in fresh colours. Sydney's big wet put a dampener on New South Wales opening weekend, and it was GWS who failed to live up to their giant expectations, suggesting that there is still a glitch in the walls of Giant Stadium. If winning is a contagious habit, Dan Butler is infecting St. Kilda with a victory virus, popping up at just the right time to secure the win for the Saints, who had many of the army stuck in the infirmary. The Eagles protected their nest from the glare of the traveling suns as Oscar Allen proves to be the key that could unlock West Coast scoring potential this season. Things weren't so sunny for Gold Coast, we're again looking at a long absence of prodigal son Matt Real. I'm out of breath, and let's get to the interview.
2: Yeah, that
1: was good. Yes, Jimmy! Alright, today's guest is one of Australia's most talented sports broadcasters. With over 10 years of experience commentating and covering a whole range of sports from AFL, cricket and NBL to ski boat racing, netball and lawn bowls, this man has done it all. All us footy fans have especially enjoyed his work on SEN's Time On, The Sporting Capital, AFL Trade Radio and now 6PR Football. This brilliant talent is versatile, knowledgeable, and extremely generous. I like to call him the jack of all sports. It's the one, the only, Mr. Jack Heverin. Thanks for doing this for me, Jack. Appreciate it.
3: My my absolute pleasure with an intro like that, James. I might come back more often. Thank you. <laughs>
1: that would be great, mate. I know you're extremely busy, so it's great to have you on. You were, you were covering the NBL last night, I think. How was that? And and you've got something on for the rest of the week, haven't you? Every day. Busy, man. Yeah,
3: everything, everything's pretty busy at the moment now with um, with footy back on and the NBL going into, I guess, into March and April and May and probably even June is, is a one-off. Mm. So that's that's not something that will, I would think would happen any time again soon. But because of COVID and the season not starting until January, so yeah, it's a, it's a rare spot at the moment where we've got footy, we've got NRL, uh, sorry, NBL, I should say. Um, as you mentioned, I do a bit of bowls and all of those events are starting to come back now. So... It's good. I mean, it's it's a busy time, obviously, but it's a great time. After last year where there was so many things not happening, uh, it, it's good to have sport back for us to all watch and to all enjoy.
1: Yeah, so what's, what's your favourite sport to cover? Because you've done a whole range of them, but which one do you enjoy the most? Can you pick one?
3: No, I can't, and I know that that's <laughs> probably sitting on the fence. Um, when I was a, a youngster growing up, the three big sports for me were were footy, cricket and basketball. Mm. Um, And probably as a youngster, as much as my dad was was footy through and through, I was a basketball diehard. I was a South East Melbourne Magic supporter back in the day and and I would go to more basketball than what I would footy. But I love footy. Um, I'm an absolute cricket tragic and Mm. I love basketball too, so I appreciate this and and everything I get to do with the NBL. But um, there's other sports that I've grown to really love, I love bowls. I fell into that by accident quite a yeah. few years ago, but the, the sport's been great to me and there's, there are so many amazing people involved in it and I look forward to seeing them. It's it's like being a part of a community. Um, netball's fun, it's fast, it's, it's, it's really, really quick and, and hard to call, but I love them all. I think that's part of the challenge as a broadcaster is to find the joy in, in everything that you're doing. And if you're enjoying it, and then hopefully that comes across in the call.
1: Yeah, and how did you actually get into sports broadcasting? Because I know you were a producer originally. I think you've done overnight radio. How did it all kick off for you?
3: It was by accident, to be honest, James. I um I lived in England for a year in two thousand and five, and at that stage had no idea what I wanted to do. I was sort of I finished school and was working in a factory, to be honest, and mm-hmm. was just saving up enough money to go overseas. I came back, I got into sales because my dad had made a pretty successful career out of sales, so I thought that might be the, the path for me, but it didn't really grab me, it, it didn't really motivate me to get out of bed, it was just a job basically, um, and it was only by accident I, we, we were going to watch our local footy league down in the Mornington Peninsula every week, um, and one of my good friends, who unfortunately is no longer with us, was the, the journalist and the radio caller down in in the Mornington Peninsula, and one night we were at the pub on a Friday night and he said to me, oh, you wouldn't believe it, my, my co-call was pulled out. Any chance you want to do tomorrow with me? And I said, oh, no, not really. I, I don't think so. I don't think that's me. And he said, no, you'll be fine. You know all the players and, and all that sort of stuff. So I gave it a go yeah. and I'll never forget that moment as long as I live that about 10 minutes into the first quarter I thought, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I've yeah. just worked it out. Yeah. So it was a long process after that. It was four years of – four and a half years of community – radio, calling the footy, hosting the cricket show on a Saturday morning. I even did a drive show on a Friday afternoon with a friend just to try and add a few more skills. And I learned production and panelling and all sorts of stuff there. And then from there, I got my first opportunity with uh, Croc Media nearly 10 years ago, hosting the overnight uh, the overnight mm-hmm. crowd. So that feels like a long time ago now.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And I love that too. I used to, to listen all the time. I was coming back from futsal training at night or, or whatever it was and uh, listening to you. So it's pretty surreal actually being able to speak to you in person. <laughs> um, you produced and you called with Rex Hunt as well. Is that correct? How was that working with Rexy?
3: I should write a book about it, James, <laughs> and I've said that, and, and maybe one day I will. Um, it was amazing. I, yeah. I I promised myself that when I started in the industry that, to be professional, not to be starstruck and and not to be a fanboy, but it was very hard at first to not do that with Rex. One of my first memories of of radio was as a 10-year-old, I was sitting in dad's car. We were waiting to pick my sister up from her friend's place to go to basketball. Mm. um, And I said to dad, I want to call in 3AW football. I want to ask Rex Hunt a question. And back in those days, James, which is well before you were here, that the old car phones were like bricks that used to sit between <laughs> the, um, the the handbrake and the, and the steering wheel. Yeah. And I called in and, and spoke to Rex Hunt and Ron Barassi and Sam Eubin on 3AW Football and asked mm-hmm. him the question. So my love of him and his style goes all the way back to there. So I was really lucky that my first game that I called in 2012 was with him, and that was a dream come true to A, call a game with him, but to do my first AFL game was pretty special and I'm very lucky that we're still good friends to this day and and I can still call Rex at any time and ask for advice and Mm. likewise for for him he'll call me sometimes and say I don't think that was your best work or you know you know you're better than this or he'll also say you know that was really good so um yeah he's he's an amazing man and from a radio perspective, he, he's the best football broadcaster on radio in, in the history of the sport, no doubt about it. Yeah, I
1: agree with that. Hey, I wanted to ask you, you you bagged for Collingwood, didn't you? But you actually stopped, is it correct that you stopped barraking for the pies in order to be like completely objective? Is that true?
3: To a point, yeah. Um, I don't think my pop is going to be listening to this. I don't <laughs> think he knows how to podcast. So I think we're okay, but because yeah. he'll be devastated if he heard this. But yeah, yeah. I, I grew up a Collingwood supporter because of pop. Um, and I was five in 1990, so they won the premiership, and when you're a youngster, you generally want to support who's winning. Mm -hmm. But I I never really, I didn't go to a lot of Collingwood games as a kid. Um, I I wasn't, what I would say, a really passionate Collingwood supporter in the first place. I just loved the game, Mm -hmm. and I I didn't care who won or who lost. I just wanted to see good footy and, and good close game. So it wasn't. It wasn't like I was a diehard and a member and all that sort of stuff and had to dump allegiance. I, I wouldn't have said that I was a hugely strong supporter anyway. I, I just loved footy. So, yeah, to, to a point, that is right. Um, and I really make sure now that I have no allegiances in any sport and that I'm as neutral as I can possibly be. But yeah, I probably wasn't the, the biggest supporter in the first place yeah do
1: you still get called biased on occasion I mean you had some um, fairly big characters call up on the overnight program I know that but you've been <coughs> dealt with how do you deal with that when you're when you copping abuse from them and that sort of sort of things so it does it affect you or it's just you know water off a duck's back
3: Well I think at the end of the day I, I always try and remember and we should always remember why we got into the industry and that's because we love sport yeah. and we've all got opinions we've all got passion. Um, and most of the time, 99% of the time, none of it's ever personal. Mm. You, you'll get the occasional one that's a phone call or a text or something that you get that's a bit personal, but it, it's, and, and the same goes for Twitter, but you, you kind of just push those aside. Most of the time, I actually love the passion and I love that people feel so strongly about a topic or their team or, or whatever happened on the weekend that they want to pick up the phone and, and ring. So, mm. It's all in good fun. You, as I say, you do get the occasional one that, that crosses the line, but it's just a case of pushing that aside and, and moving on pretty quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about your preparation because I know you're huge on preparation, which is why you're so um, talented and versatile and covering different sports, but your knowledge of the game is, is sensational. Can you explain how, how much preparation uh, plays a part in what you like for For example, if you're covering a game this week, what sort of prep are you doing in the lead-up?
4: We'll be back
0: after a quick break.
3: A game on Sunday for for 6PR. Yep. Um, so prep sort of started yesterday, but it's also knowing um, and knowing what your calendar looks like. So but it's, for example, for this week, today's a Tuesday. I've got a, a two-day bowls tournament. Tomorrow, uh, basketball, uh, Friday and Saturday, footy Sunday and basketball Monday. So it's knowing what your calendar looks like and, and being in advance. Um, and for that. That includes knowing who you're calling, when you're calling, and all that sort of stuff. So, really, you're always keeping an eye on a week ahead. But in terms of the week of the game, um, it, it's it probably started yesterday, to be truthful, on the Monday, just starting to get an idea of how they went last week, both teams. Um, Is it the Richmond Hawthorn game? Uh, no, West Coast and, and Western Bulldogs.
4: Oh, yeah. So, yeah,
3: cool, cool. Um, from a, a Bulldogs perspective, I didn't see that game Friday because I was calling basketball. So I will watch that game, I'd say, probably today. I'll go back and watch that game properly. And I only saw the second half of West Coast on Sunday. So I'll watch the first half of that. So that's step one. And then I've got a a bunch of different things that I look for and, and the way that I prepare. But most of that starts on a Monday or Tuesday. And then the rest of it's finished off once the teams are named and you get your team sheets and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: You've transitioned now, like you're still doing radio, obviously, but you're doing some presenting on TV. How have you found that? Was it easy for you to transition?
3: No, it was, it was a big learning process at first, to be honest, James. And I spoke about bowls and my love of it. But bowls was really the first sport to give me that opportunity mm-hmm. um, to start to do some TV, um, Radio was never really – I was never really daunted by hearing your own voice and all that sort of stuff. People Mm -hmm. say you've got to hear your own voice. I didn't find that a big deal, but I did find it a big deal at first seeing yourself on TV. I just felt really uncomfortable with it, um, and it probably took me a while to to become comfortable with it. And Just learning things like camera craft and looking for the red light and knowing which camera to look at and taking your cues and all that sort of stuff. I would say that that was just something that took time and, and took practice um, to get me feeling comfortable. Now, it's it's not such a big deal, but I'm also not the sort of person that needs to see myself on camera or is desperate for, for TV time and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I just consider it radio is one medium, um, podcasting is another medium, um, television – another medium and they've all got different skills
1: so what's next for Jack Heverin then what's the the ultimate goal or ambition what are you what are you going to be doing in the next few years and where do you want to end up
3: it's a very very good question um I would (laughs) love to do an Olympics I was lucky enough to do uh, bowls at the Commonwealth Games in 2018 and that was a big thing to tick off for me to do a Comm Games Mm -hmm. um I'd love to do an Olympics it won't be happening this year um and I have some fears for what The Olympics looks like in the future, so hopefully in four Mm -hmm. years' time, it's still there and and that opportunity still exists. I'd love to do more cricket around the world. The the South Africa series and everything that happened there is something I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be there and to see that all happen was amazing. But I love cricket. I I love um, I love the the fact that different countries have got different atmospheres. I'd love to call cricket in India. I'd love to do um, cricket in England and all that sort of stuff. So. A few more overseas events would be superb, but um, the last couple of years have have been really positive ones for me, hopefully. So it's about just continuing on that that next step and and making sure that you're not standing still because it is the sort of industry that if you are standing still, you are kind of going backwards at the same time. Mm.
1: I wanted to ask you before I let you go about some footy because that's what we like to chat about here uh, most of all. What did you make of round one? Did anything surprise you or disappoint you? What was your overall view on the first week of footy?
3: I honestly was not disappointed with one thing. Mm. And again, I know that that's a pretty generic thing to say, but we had upsets. We had a couple of really good teams show that they're going to be really, really good teams. And I thought the great thing was the the speed of ball movement. There's no doubt about it that the man on the mark Mm rule has opened the game up. And I, for one, are, are normally... I don't like too many rule changes. I'd love to see a year where we just don't touch the game and, and let it evolve. But this rule is working. There's no doubt. Um, and I think that it's, it's in increased scoring. The games were quicker and more exciting. And, and we can't go back to what we had last year. That was pretty hard to watch. So, yeah, I, I love the round. And, and I, I love that um, the Bulldogs took, a, a I thought, a big step forward and just showed that they've got so many midfield assets now that they're, they're going to be a really hard team to shake. Um, I thought Essendon in the first half was really good. Their second half wasn't, but I thought their first half showed maybe what it could look like with a bit more continuity. Um, And Port Adelaide on Sunday, I know that North will probably be a bottom 16, but Port Adelaide are a serious player, I think. Um, They're they're a really, really good team, and they're on the cusp of something, I reckon. So Mm. if we're looking for a contender to Richmond, Yep, um, I think Port Adelaide, they got to the final four last year. I, I think they're every chance to maybe even be a little bit better
1: this year. Yeah, that's right. I agree with that. And I'm a Tigers man, so I hope the Tigers can do it again. But with you know Fantasia there as well and Aliyah and the way they're moving the ball, especially with this man mm. on the mark, they could definitely challenge. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, about the sub-rule. Um, what did you make of that? And, and in particular, uh, Connor Downey making his debut and not getting admitted <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> what, what was your opinion or your take on that?
3: Well, I don't think... It will, it'll be the most memorable one, will it? So I, I think Connor. I think Connor's going to have a fantastic career. He's a really, really good young prospect. But yeah. when in fifteen years from now you're interviewing James and he's, he's wrapped up his career, and you say to him, "Do you remember your first game, Connor?" He's going to say, "Yeah, I sat there for the entire game as the injury sub and didn't get on." Yeah. Um, I think there's probably a, maybe a, a bit of a tweak that could happen there, but I guess we won't know with the injury sub how it's working and how it's being used until after the fact. So mm. as an example today, Sam Managola came out of the game for Geelong. The reports are this morning, on Tuesday morning, that Sam Menegola could play this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that's in the true spirit. And then we had another situation on the weekend where the injury sub was used, and then there was a genuine concussion concern and the team had to play one down. Yep. So, yeah, I, I I was a big fan of it for concussion reasons and because um, that's such a a crucial part of contact sport going forward is how we treat Mm concussion. But I I think subs for shoulder injuries and for hamstring strain and all that sort of stuff, I I don't think that that's what we need and I don't think that's why it was brought in in the first place. So Mm -hmm. I like the rule. I just don't think we're quite there yet.
1: That's right. I think there'll be a few tweaks that that have to be made. And actually, you mentioned the spirit of the game. I spoke... Uh, with Sammy Duncan about this, actually. Do you think teams will play or coaches will play in the spirit of the game or is it all about winning? And and does that would it disappoint you if, if they did use the sub and manipulated the rule if they could?
3: Co- coaches will do, James, whatever they need to do to get the result yeah. because ultimately, and it's, I don't think it's them not operating in the spirit of the game. I just think ultimately their job is to get wins um, because if they don't, guess what we're talking about? We're talking about the coach that's under pressure. We're talking about whether, you know, a club should make a move on a coach and all that sort of stuff. So they're duty-bound to themselves, but they're also duty-bound to their fans to win games of footy. So they will do what they need to do to get the win. And it's the sort of thing where, and I'm not suggesting that this is what Geelong did, but if you use Menegola as the example, get him out of the game. We'll sort it out on Monday or Tuesday, but let's get the fresh player in and see if we can get the win. So... It, it shouldn't shock any of us, I don't think, yep. that um, coaches are going to use it to their advantage. It's just like every other rule. Coaches will find a way to make it work for them and they'll try and find a way to manufacture a win.
1: Yep. Uh, Jack, you're never wrong, ever. So I want you to give me no. the be- the best tip of the week. Give me one I can I can take to the bank. Best tip of the no, week.
3: Well, first and foremost, I am wrong often <laughs> um, and, and, and especially at home. So um, don't ever don't forget that. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Carlton on Thursday night mm. are a good thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Collingwood, I think they should get steel side bottom back and that'll make a bit of a difference. But I thought Collingwood looked light in the midfield on uh, Friday night against the Dogs. Now, I know the Dogs have obviously got 12 players they can roll through there. But I thought Collingwood looked very reliant on Pendlebury. And Taylor Adams has had a bit of a disrupted preseason, So you've got to factor that in. Whereas the one thing I thought the, the Blues looked stronger on in their game on Thursday night against Richmond was their midfield depth and just mm-hmm. the way that they were able to get everything happening without just relying on Cripps and Walsh as good as what they were. So I think Carlton... It, it, well, this is, what we, this is where we're going to learn about Carlton, isn't it, James? If they're a, if they're a serious team or a half-decent team that are capable of playing finals, Thursday night's the sort of game that they should win. So I expect them to beat Collingwood. I think they'll, they're a, a good tip for the weekend.
1: Brilliant. You heard it here first. Jack Heverin says, Carlton <laughs> cannot lose on Thursday night. Put it in the bank. Brilliant. I think they can as well. I'm tipping the Blues for sure. Yeah. I think Collingwood didn't impress me a lot with their, their ball mo- movement and especially their delivery inside 50 was a bit poor. And Carlton did put up a fight for three quarters. But like you said, we want to see a lot about them this week because it's all good and well to stay in a game, but these are the games that they can win. So I reckon they will too. Yeah.
3: And, and Carlton's back six is really strong. Mm. So to your point about Collingwood's inside fifties not being great, um, with with the way that Carlton I thought against Richmond, I mean Jacob Wheatering did a brilliant job on Tom, yeah. Tom Lynch, I thought. And yep. Lockie Ploughman was solid. Um, Liam Jones has his moments, but I thought overall he had a good game too. It's become a real strength of Carlton is their back six and now they've added Saad. To give them run and carry off half back. Um, I think that's a massive area of strength for them. That while it's not Collingwood's strongest area, it can be a big one for Carlton. Yeah.
1: And I think your granddad would be pretty upset that you haven't tipped Collingwood <laughs> against Carlton. I tell you what, you really aren't a Collingwood supporter. You can tell. All right, well, Jack, to finish off, mate, um, 10 quick fire questions. So, real quick answers. Oh, I know you like to be, you're a perfectionist, you like to be precise, but whatever comes into your head first, you tell me, okay? Okay. All right. Your favourite food? Uh, Thai. Favourite movie? White Men Can't The highlight of your career so far?
3: Calling first game of AFL with Rex Hunt. Yeah.
1: Would you rather kick a goal after the siren in AFL or sink a buzzer beater to win the, win the game in NBL? Uh,
3: goal after the siren, only because there'd probably be more people at the MCG than a basketball bench. <laughs>
1: So if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be?
3: Uh, I'd, I'd probably give him a chance to recover at the moment, but I'd love to have dinner with Tiger Woods at some stage. I yeah. think there'd be some interesting things to talk about.
1: Yep. Uh, you're given license to have your own radio show with any other co-host. Who would it be and what would it be about?
3: Well, I love... Doing, I know you wanted a short answer. I nice. love doing any form of radio with with Campbell Brown yep. um, because yep. you just have no idea where it's going, and mm. that's the fun part. And Adam Cooney is very much the same. So yeah. if we were trying to do a, if we were trying to do a bit of fun and a bit of a loose show, one of Brownie or Coons, If we were trying to do something that was a little bit of serious and a little bit of analysis, Nick Del Santo. I think he's an yeah. absolute star, yeah. and I love working.
1: With him. Yeah, I had great chemistry with him as well. Um, morning or night person.
3: Morning, definitely. Yep.
1: What makes you angry?
3: Uh, Rudeness. Rudeness, yep.
1: Your favourite AFL player of all time?
3: Of all time, Wayne Carey. Uh, As a kid growing up, um, he's the best player I've seen. I think he's the best player the game's ever had. And and he he made Friday Night Football. Mm -hmm.
1: Last one. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Noosa. 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 Very good. Brilliant, Jack. That was a lot of fun, mate. Hey, and I appreciate it a lot because I know you are a busy man. So coming on and speaking to you has been a real highlight for me and I know the audience would have got a lot out of it. So thank you
3: very much. No, I appreciate it, James. Thank you for having me and uh, enjoy the footy. I think your Tigers are going to be pretty strong again this year. So keep enjoying the ride while it's happening.
1: I hope so, mate. And I'll be listening to you on Sunday, all right? So go well.
3: Brilliant. Thanks so much.
1: Legend. Cheers, Jack. See you, mate. Alright, here we go boys, time for the Monday review panel on a Tuesday. I will get to invite my favourite friends
0: into the studio, Gordon Meredith and Nick Williamino. Let's talk some footy boys. How are you all? It's good to be back and it's always that little bit easier coming yeah. onto this podcast and coming into the office right. after a Hawthorne win. I was going to say after a Richmond win because oh, no. I'm in a good mood. And it's going to be even sweeter next week after we absolutely <laughs> pump your Tigers. I know. You've again.
1: Been, you've been trying to. Again. Again,
0: again. La, last year.
1: Oh, d- yeah, that doesn't count. That was hardly a game.
0: Oh, mate. The favourite bit of. Uh, that was, my favourite bit that of, was, on, the, on their mark yeah. was watching or the or every Richmond person go through that Hawthorne loss. That was all right. The start of the season with beautiful. no fans,
1: that didn't count at all. We all know that. Gordon, you're happy because you had a great weekend of footy and you Barrack for the game more than you barracked for the Tigers. And but the game's you were happy looking on, good. It looking good, wasn't it? The game's looking good. You're against the man on the mark rule, but you're
2: enjoying it now. I'm just against tinkering too much <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the rules, but look. It works so far, and like I'm looking forward to everyone complaining. But footy's broken again, and you know, around eleven yeah. and twelve, once it gets wet and dour, and teams realise they have to try and win games to win premierships, and they start defending again. Mm-hmm. But for the time being, let's enjoy it for what it is, and it's a good spectacle. That's and it. People want to throw away 40 point leads at half time and not defend, then that's on them.
1: That's so. it. You're speaking like a hero now. And Nick, I want to know who your hero was this weekend. You pick him out. Who was it? And it can't be a Hawthorne player, please. No, I try not to. Because we know, to. you try not to, because you we all I know your bias. To. And we've I had, and I, there was in.
0: a few, there was a few heroes a few. at Marvel Stadium. Yeah. But my one, I actually didn't even watch this game because my eyes were glued to the uh, the Hawthorne match. You obviously and watched and the replay. Was, I, oh, Yeah. Obviously I did. And it was Errol Goulden. I also had him in my super coach team. He was one of the three debutants for Sydney and he bagged three goals and had 19 disposals and was, I mean, it would have to be up there as one of the greatest um, debuts Debuts of all all time. I mean, it probably wasn't as good as uh, his teammate Ben Ronk who kicked seven against the Hawks a couple (laughs) of years back. That was a great man. But it was was a good debut and... um, uh, his, his teammates, Logan McDonald and Braden Campbell, as well, uh, had good games. as uh, Yeah, they were just as um, effective on the night. But yeah, it would have to be Errol Gould and 140 super
2: coach points uh, for my team.
1: Mm-hmm. Huge. Gordon, who was your hero?
2: My hero was a man that we always like to take pot shots of the last couple of years, Mr. Tex Walker. Uh, the you, Ranger was back. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's synonymous with good footy, apparently. When the Ranger plays well, footy is fixed, and uh, everyone in the footy media is loving the fact that he got to run up into space and take on the lead marks. Um, but more importantly, he took his biggest haul of goals, I think, since round six, 2019, against St Kilda at Marvel Stadium. So he played like it's was under the roof with plenty of space and, uh, you know, yeah. five-goal haul for the big Texan and Adelaide I'm surprised for because a surprise win. That's right. It, we're last week you, was,
1: you were sitting here and you said, uh, said Tex was done. He was done. He couldn't move. He was slow. He was a little bit overweight. You can't kick anymore. And you, you had to eat your, your words, didn't you, Gordo?
2: And that's fair enough too. You yep. came out and proved everyone wrong and it's good to see. And can you do it against week in, week out, against opposition that are going to be hopefully more switched on than Geelong? We'll have to wait and see. That but was
1: probably my highlight of the weekend, seeing you eat your words. Uh, Nico, what was your, your highlight? He likes those little jabs, Jimmy. he does. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He
0: pings him up against the wall and a couple to the stomach. That's it.
1: Nico, what was your highlight of the weekend, other than those Hawks winning?
0: My highlight was, it kind of links back to my hero, and it was just the sheer amount of impressive debuts there were. a Um, few debutants were great, weren't they? Those three Sydney players, for a start, Matthew Flynn uh, for the Giants, James Rowe for Adelaide, Brockman, Powell, James Jordan, Harry Sharp, the high school boy from Brisbane, Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Highmore, I yeah, I was just super impressed by all of them. Yeah. Even even it,
1: not just debutants, I, I reckon players who played for their club for the first time. So my favorites was Alira Alira and um Fantasia who played uh, extremely well and they might be the missing link for Port Adelaide.
4: They look good, I, I they, think they, and I,
1: even Stefan Martin allowing, you know, Tim English to play that secondary role, I thought was was fantastic. Gordo, what was your highlight of the weekend.
2: Just the fact that we can go back to the G. We're yeah. Victorians and as much as this is the nation's game, the AFL is a national competition now. Yeah. It is still very much in the the fabric that is society of Melbournians and it's just good to feel normal again. We yeah. were here in the office on Thursday and Friday and we got to wander down and do the walk into the G and the we'll mm. walk up Swan Street and post-match back along Swan Street and enjoy people just revelling in the fact that the weekend now means we can go watch some footy in person and, pay for overpriced food and drink at the yeah. MCG and enjoy uh, each other's company face-to-face. So, And where did you sit on Friday? You went with your missus, didn't you? I did, and we were sitting behind the goals on level two. Beautiful. And did she like it? She did. She yeah. did. And uh, Well, she didn't – it wasn't the best game to probably take for the first game of the season to convince yeah. to go a lot more games this year, but nice purple setting sunset, nice walk with <laughs> the humidity down. Everything yeah, else correct. around the football was yeah. glorious.
1: Yeah, atmosphere and the experience was great, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: And just, yeah, counting down the days so we get a full MCG back and can really, yeah, solidify that atmospheric experience that is footy at the
1: G. Yeah, nice. Uh, Nico, Mm -hmm. that was your highlight. What was your low light? Because you're a very negative man, very pessimistic, so you always pick out the low lights in most things. So I'm sure you had a few this weekend. But what was the biggest one for you?
0: I must admit there wasn't many in what I thought was a pretty short Judging by by your your Twitter feed, there was a fair few. But... Um, staying on my theme of uh, debutante, it would have to be young Connor Downey, mm. officially making his debut, which is great, but not getting a run out on the field, which stems back to um, the new sub rule where yeah. I don't believe games should be counted for those be. that trash don't yeah appear on the field. Ridiculous! If he comes on, count it absolutely. But, but if it didn't he didn't come on. That's so not his debut. That is, I, I don't. It's, ag- it, I mean. It's special in a way for him because he, he's the first of probably yeah. a few more to come you'd think. And I mean I it's going to be a
1: great story for him to tell in the future, fair exactly. enough, but that's not but what you really want, do no, you? you? Do don't. you want someone clocking up 150 games or 200 by sitting on the bench a few times? Or yeah. They're I'm not sh- real appearances,
0: sure, do you agree yeah, Gordo? It would have been an awful feeling go. for him. And it's not that yeah. hard to just change that rule and say if you don't take the field you don't get the game. Exactly, yeah. it's not too late for them to change it and they should do it, absolutely. I reckon
1: they should. I, I won't ask you Nick because I, I know your answer but Gordo, would if you were Alistair Clarkson would you have selected him as the sub because you knew there's a big chance he's not going to get on. It's his debut He's going to get showered With Powerade Would you have Either played him On the field as a, And then put someone else Sub Or saved him For when he can actually Play on the field And that's That's his special moment That's his debut Okay He's This is a long
4: pause Alistair
2: Clarkson's job Isn't to Isn't to romanticise The guy's debut He's a professional yeah. footballer He's probably the next He was probably Player number 23 On the list Next in line Next in line So he gets picked that's that's your job as a coach. That's his job as a player. And to be honest, to get you out in Gatorade after watching your teammates who've done a whole preseason with turn around a 40-point deficit yeah. is pretty special. So, like, he got to be there. He got to be involved with it. I think he would have enjoyed that turning out the way it was. More so than you know, maybe Davies against Richmond this week and gets pumped by thirty points. Like and sitting at home on a Saturday night, watching it on TV. Watching it on TV, so that's not the worst experience not the worst ever. Experience. He gets to be part and feel part of a really big win for the club. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I think. I think you just need to pick your best twenty
0: three. That is a. You're, fair know, you're not going to bring someone off the field and play a youngster who you might not think is ready yet. Mm. And you lose the game because yeah. Of it, I just know? think yeah. No, that's a,
1: that's all valid points. I just I personally wouldn't have selected him as the sub.
2: I thought well, what about good the way reverse and So it's you know it's yep. just Burgoyne's four hundredth game a couple of years from now. Yeah, and <laughs> he yeah, and so he's the he's the emergency sub because he's you know he can't run out games well or whatever. I think it's nah. gonna it could nah, be
1: no, nah, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd still. You uh, wouldn't pick him as an son. No I'd, no, I'd like him to play the actual game. It would be nice. I think on that occasion,
0: 400, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> that's a, well, you'd, 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 you'd want, want to play really him on the field either. for that one. I wouldn't have but, done, um, but that's fair enough. Yeah.
1: yeah. Maybe it's an overreaction from me, but I doubt it. But what's an overreaction from round one for you, Nico? There's been a fair few of them, and you're guilty of a fair few, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you had to go at the umpire. You absolutely destroyed them. It's a hard well, job there was, umpiring. There
0: was that one call, which... I, I don't want to get into it, but on Thursday night the chase down tackle, I yeah. think it was McIntosh, yeah. dropped the ball after taking three bounces revolting. and it was, it was play on. Shocking. Anyway, my overreaction <laughs> <laughs> was is all the talk about Sydney making the eight after their first win. Don't get me wrong, it's a great win. Yeah, but I think there is that Bloods culture that they have where they can get up for one or one or two or a handful of games um, during the season and you know put up a really good performance, but. I'm already seeing stuff from Damien Barrett saying they're making the eight. I saw a Twitter post by some you other. You hate Damien. You hate Barrett, don't you? Uh, I, I don't agree with him often, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, and, yeah, also there was a there was a post on Twitter I saw. I can't remember who posted it. It may have been the footy show Channel 9 or something. And they were saying, Buddy's returning this week. Yep. How does Sydney manage him for finals? And I'm just <laughs> thinking, hold on. You've won one game. It's round one, <laughs> and you're already talking about finals. You're already putting them in that category. Mm. It's not Richmond. It's not Port Adelaide. I mean, everyone just needs to take the foot off the pedal a bit Bang. and just
1: yeah. So there you go. Sydney, are no chance of finals. You heard I didn't it here say first. Say no chance. I Ordo, said, what is your <laughs> What's your overreaction <laughs> On the flip one? sides
2: of us side at loss, so everyone's saying now Geelong is done, they're too old, they're past their prime, they're outside the premiership window. Shocking attitude, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. How many times have we seen a side get done in, in round one because they're not really ready to go yet? It, not every team gets the luxury of playing Carlton,
4: although
2: mm. well, they, they did. They got the luxury <laughs> of playing Adelaide, didn't they? So it kind of just proves my point. <laughs> they but had the
1: luxury there.
2: So they weren't mentally there. They weren't mentally there, but this, is, this should not come as a surprise, and I'm a bit annoyed at myself because after the loss I was like, I wonder if this is a trend. And I went back through the archives. Did you know that Geelong, in round one, if they play interstate, are yeah. 0-5 and five in the last 10 years. Wow. So they do not travel well in round, round one. I wish you told me that before last round I was going to say, we would have had to go on holidays Come on, All Gorda. the money we could have made. So I know. We wouldn't apologies be here to, right now. Apologies to then, all the listeners. Even
1: then, I doubt you would have. T- would you have tipped that? I, would, I reckon because I would have. You, zero and five over the last ten. You'd put a cheeky $5 oh, on you it. Money you wouldn't
0: put anything more than five. Come on.
2: Now, on top of that, though, however. He's
1: got a load up. His minimum bet's 200 on Sports Bar.
2: Of those years where they were zero and five, They've always made finals. Yeah. Last year they made the grand final and they lost round one to the Giants. I was being very aware that they don't make make finals. finals. They're going to make finals. They're probably going to finish top four. Absolutely. The way that they play at their home ground, they probably finish top two.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. When they get Cameron back, they've got more Arsenal. The big issue here is how long uh, Danger gets rubbed out for. At Least four. Go on. But... (laughs) That's and so wants. Nico
1: <laughs> wants him to be out for 10, he was telling me.
0: I mean, if, if the AFL was serious about stamping out this whole concussion thing, I mean, they did spend a whole pre-season bringing in warnings. a
1: rule for it. By the time we listen to this, the you, verdict might be out. We're just letting you know. We are recording on a Tuesday, but by yep. the time well, we edit it up, now Tuesday everyone no, knows my opinion. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you're not happy with anything nah, like To be honest,
0: four. at least at least three. Hmm. I mean, if they're, if they're going to be He's chosen to bump, it,
1: but he hasn't gone oh, off the ground. Oh, but he has <laughs> KO'd someone and <laughs> I he know, we could, he could have
0: avoided it, but anyway, yeah. go on. But no, there you go. That's great.
1: Uh, my overreaction, is that what I was talking about? My yeah. overreaction? Yep. Um, no, nothing really. I thought everything's just... Uh, no, my overreaction was that the game will stay the same, that it's back to 90s footy. And it's going to, like, coaches are going to find a way to slow things down. I think it's good. I thought it was a great weekend of footy. I honestly did. But it's not going to stay this way for the rest of the season, I don't think. It was fast paced. It was fast paced, pinging around. But I think if you look at round one games historically, there's more of a focus on attacking and scoring rather than defending.
2: So I don't think it's going to be this pace forever. And everyone says, you know, the game's fixed. But okay, that's all well and good. But if you do a a quick poll of. Collingwood fans, Geelong fans, Essendon fans—they're not saying the game's fixed. In they're like saying, their their are, they're saying their clubs are. They're saying their clubs are broken. But they lost. <laughs> but they lost in ways that you know you don't want to see your team lose. As much as you, as much as people keep telling us that we need this free-flowing football,
4: there is there's dangerous.
2: nothing there's nothing more frustrating as a as a club fan than being like, why didn't we defend forty point? Like, why didn't we just shut the game down and hang on to the lead? Like, yeah. like in, more, in, more in more developed leagues, more developed in more developed leagues, but in more developed leagues, that's okay. You're yeah. a Liverpool fan. If you're, if you're three goals up at half-time, you're not oh, you saying you're not saying out. we want to win 6-0. You're saying we'll take the three points. Yep. Thank you very much. That yep. is true. So, yeah. as I said, you, that is the overreaction. This won't stay the same. Mm-hmm. Wins will become more important as the season goes
1: on. 100% they will. I want to ask you a question about Dusty, okay? Why did Carlton not tag him? And the, a team's stupid if they let him run loose like he did on Thursday night.
2: How do you tag Dusty?
1: Oh, you put a man on him like Matt the Boar? But if he um, goes kid, forward,
2: you. But like Carlin don't have yeah. a Matt
1: Oh, they've got an Ed Kerno.
2: Ed Kerno's not Matt ball. Yeah, there I are know. very few. There are very few Grade A taggers like the Deboers of the world. Like, mm-hmm. it comes back to whether you want to take a
0: man out of your side out of the game by mm. tagging Dusty. But when you watched last year's preliminary final, I think it was against Port. I think uh, yep. Port let him run wild, and that ultimately cost them a grand final. So, Dusty, I think, is a special case. You absolutely tag him because he can tear you apart in 10 minutes of football.
2: But how often has how often has he been taken out of the game? Uh, I guess the Giants, he's been taken... So, uh, Matt uh, is has his measure. That's well, one for, play in yeah. the whole comp that can for do example. it. For example... He, he's
1: gone through his, his stages where he hasn't had a huge influence, but you could say that's more about Dusty than the opposition, I mm. guess. And... It, it, it just it depends on players around him have to work as well. And we know Dusty is a one way player. He goes forward, he doesn't defend. So if the teammates are helping him like they did on Thursday night, and you can look at the, the roles from Lambert and Castagna allowing him to go forward while they cover his space. If everyone's working as a unit, I know everyone's saying, oh playing your role,
2: that sort of crap. That's what it is as well, yeah. to allow him. But it's also so making it's also making other players accountable. So as you said, like other players need to sacrifice to make Dusty available to do what yeah. he does. So then Carlton isn't – don't worry about tagging out Dusty. Worry about making Richmond's system accountable for every Carlton player because mm-hmm. then you will be one man up yep. if Dusty's not playing a two-way game, which he doesn't have to because of how they play their system. Yeah. So, so Nico, so you're, you're going tag, one-on-one, it
1: doesn't work. You're tagging him this Sunday if you were Alistair Absolutely. Clarkson. But who do you send to him Who are you sending if to him? If he's
0: playing in the midfield, you put Shields on him. If he yeah. goes forward, uh, you put Frost on him who's an athletic defender. Um, it it might not keep Dusty to ten disposals and might keep him to about one or two goals and twenty between fifteen and twenty touches. But as long as he's not kicking four goals and having thirty touches, it's just all about nullifying him, not fully you know putting the blanket over him, but just you know keeping him a bit quieter, a bit. Is the ruckman? going to become less
1: influential. We've seen, you know, numbers from round one, that less numbers, less impact. Even last year it was not as great as we'd seen in previous years from especially Gorn and and, uh, and Grundy. And now that the game is more fast-paced and there's more... Um, hands in the middle of the field and moving the ball quicker. It's now Ruckman kind of does his thing and then goes, he's either sitting the down back or he's going up forward. Do you think that's going to become a trend or it's just a
0: one-off? I think that's an overreaction. If i if will say Stephen
2: Martin won the game,
0: had, had, exactly. a, had a, played a huge role in the game for exactly. the Bulldogs against because Grundy. L- last year when the Dogs played um, Collingwood, uh, Grundy gave... English at Bath and I he think did. that was one of the main reasons why uh, the Dogs went and sought a Ruckman in yeah, the offseason brought means. in Steph Martin and then coming into round one they were like we are not going to let Grundy do what he did to us last year Stefan Martin Tim English we're going to rotate you you're yep. going to do a job on Grundy you're going to nullify him and ultimately I think it had a big effect on the game so mm. yes Ruckman
2: Jeez, absolutely Nico's eyeballing
1: have. me don't shoot the messenger I'm just bringing no, these I questions know. this I is a topic that people are talking about but, yeah, like, I which which that.
2: which club on the weekend had a had a positive performance without a without any influence from their Ruckman? Richmond. But no, no, Richmond it's not, it's not, but, not I say, but I would say, like, we Richmond, want Richmond, Richmond never. Players. No, no, no. no, no. I'm, not saying, a Ruckman.
1: I'm not saying – I don't agree with the, 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 the yeah. statement that – I think David King mentioned it. Yeah. But um, I don't agree with it. But his point was that Max Gorn and Grundy were taking – you know, the game by the scruff of the neck hmm. in, in previous years. And now we've seen that the game is going to a way that they're playing roles rather than just, I'm saying the actual Ruckman role. So winning the tap from the middle, that sort of thing. A lot of the times they're winning the tap, and they're going and filling a gap. And that's fine. But
2: if, if David Kim wants to be the stats man, then he can't take a sample size of one, A. Yeah. And then B, he took the two teams that underperformed on the weekend. Melbourne, if, they, if Melbourne are the Melbourne that Fox footy want Melbourne to be, then they aren't <laughs> going to do that playing the way they did against Fremantle. Yeah. And yeah. oh, Max Gorman was down a little bit, and Collingwood were on the decline, cool. and Grandi and had another subpar performance, which he is want to do in a Were well,
1: you boys happy with the Giants? Because I'll tell you first, okay? So a lot of people were happy with the Giants, but I'll tell you one thing that St. Kilda missing, what, nearly 10 players from their best 22 on the weekend, they were playing at the home ground, they just had a shocking season last year, the Giants. Wet weather footy is a time where you can bring that brand that GWS wanted to have, which is tough, relentless, contested, unforgiving footy, and making it hard to play against, and they lost the game. I don't care how close they came, that's a game that the Giants needed to win. I wasn't happy about that, and I wouldn't be happy if I was Leon Cameron. But a lot of people were saying, oh, they put up a good fight and, you know, it was it was a close game. They could have won it. You know, that Callan Ward decision was wrong. The AFL, by the way, said that was a wrong decision. I mean, they they came absolute. out and they said Okay, that. The,
2: well, the result yeah. was wrong. The result but was if wrong. You go but be, if you go beyond the result, then actually they did everything they're meant to do. Like they won the contested possessions by, by, by plenty. They outperformed in terms of inside 50s. Like all they did was not kick straight.
1: But that's the thing, inside 50s again, mate, where they're getting their inside. I mean, there's, I know it's a wet slog, but sometimes they're looking, they're going sideways, they're looking for the, like, kick it off the ground, get it inside, do your job, be harder at the ball, and those big, I think games come down to moments as well. I they think do. moments, do, St Kilda dom- dominated the moments of the game.
2: I don't think GWS did. But you, So you're happy with them? I'm not happy with them, but... They did what they were asked to do, and they just didn't get the result. And sometimes that happens.
0: And I think wet, the wet weather played a part in that as well. When it's raining like that, it, it kind of um, nullifies everything. Every, even everything's reset. Game. It takes the skill out of the game. It's who
1: wants it more is what it does.
0: I reckon it would have been a different result if it was dry. But, again, you got to play um, every weather. You need to learn how to play in the wet. And But the Giants have taken a few steps back with it. With their current list, so I don't think they're as good as what they were a couple of years ago, but mm. yeah, I wouldn't be looking too much into that round one result.
1: I would put. A, uh, do you put a line through Frio Gordo? You had them in the top eight, and their injuries are ridiculous. And ha- what they what they served up and dished up on Saturday was was um, not short of disgusting. But you
2: uh, can you can't put a line through anyone at this stage of the season other than North Melbourne. I agree North Melbourne will finish last North Melbourne knows they're finishing last (laughs) North Melbourne have more scouts Out looking at junior players in local leagues And finding their number one draft pick Than they do on opposition research Because they just know where they're at And that's fair enough You need to know where you're at Everyone else though It's a a hunt for the bottom two and the six Like any any other team based on the weekend's performance Can sneak into the eight Really? So you sat
1: here last week and you said Free or guaranteed eight You still believe?
2: Yeah, they can still make it
1: Nico, do you believe?
0: I think they can make it. I think anyone's a chance at this moment except for North, like Gordon said. <laughs> I, I do agree with that. Like that's Sydney it. Sydney yeah. just knocked off Brisbane. Yeah. So are we
2: saying that Brisbane are done? No. I no, think it's going to be an open year. I think it's going to be, be a an open year. It was, a, it was a bad game in round one, which is to be expected. And if you look at the past couple of seasons, clubs do play a lot of bad games against Melbourne. Something about Melbourne's game style and its, in its obsession with contested football brings it inside, brings bad it messy. Bad footy's contagious, isn't it? It is. And, <laughs> and, and, dump, and dump kicks and all that kind of stuff. It becomes a, a game yeah. where you just lose track of, of system and, and structure. And yeah. is yeah. well, why that game was an anomaly for the rest of the round where everyone else was playing the free-flowing footy and hit-ups and stuff. I space. think there was an
1: opportunity to play free-flowing footy in that game that I watched. The skills were just, just horrible. And I think when the injuries are bad. So they've got no firepower up forward. They yeah. put uh, Alex Pierce there, does his knee, unfortunately. Yeah. Was his knee? his ankle. Knee. Mm. I think it was his knee, um, which is really unfortunate. So they've got not a lot of attacking options. And even when they went forward, they were kicking it straight to May and Lever. Like very predictable. Mm. They didn't open up the fat side. We know Gordon loves the fat side. You go over there, you switch the ball. We talk about these tactics all the time. Mm. They will just going down the line. They, they, they can defend well. They're okay defensively. I don't think they've, they can kick a score, enough of a score to make finals. Should Ben Rutten, now, he was on the bench. He was coaching from the bench. On Saturday night, Nico. You mm-hmm. would have watched him You are on TV watching Because yep. you weren't first in To get a ticket for Hawthorne And you were filthy about that And mm-hmm. you're not a true supporter But you saw him on, on TV He was there on the bench But he wasn't getting Into the people's faces He wasn't really talking to players It was sitting there Showing no emotion Now, that was... You could assume that that was majority of the time because they were every time they flipped it to him, he wasn't doing much. Should he go back in the coach's box? What is his role being down there? He sees the game better from up top, we know that. But you're relying on your assistants to deliver the message down. From an SM, Say you're an essence supporter watching that. Do you think, what are you sitting there for? What are you doing? You know, we're losing here. You're not getting up and getting into players' faces saying, we're going to lose to the arch rival.
2: We're 30, 40 points up and we're going to lose. And he's not doing anything. I know that we disagree on this, but like yelling at people doesn't make them perform any better. Yeah, you got to. Know I know, I know that. I know that like everyone wants to see a spray and wants to see a coach get. It depends, who, you
1: talk, it depends who you're yelling at. Some players react to that. Yeah, and you've got to and, know your. And players.
2: obviously, and obviously, I'd say the person that knows their players best is the head coach. that's spent yeah, a whole preseason should. with them. So yeah. yeah, but like, also as much as you say, you can you can see the game better from up top. Well, he's also the, the head coach, so he's backing in his lines coaches to look at the game and be like, "What are you seeing for your lines? Relay me the information. Yeah. I'm here on the bench to give them. Maybe it's he finds it better to so relay messages to the runners better if he's on the bench. Versus, mm-hmm. maybe he can have casual conversations when the cameras on him with with the players. But
1: did his did his assistants fail him on the weekend then? Because you well, can't be up by forty all failed. points. They all they failed. all failed. <laughs>
2: like the, he has the coaches have to go in there today for their review and say we failed as much as you failed because they all failed because it worked. They had they had the game one at half time and then they and then they they stuffed it. Yeah, and they all stuffed it. They can't he can't sit stand at the front and be like you guys need to lift because they all need to lift. He couldn't possibly say It was a coaching
0: debut versus Alistair Clarkson.
2: But even <laughs> yeah. Alistair Clarkson knows that he got away with one there because he doesn't, oh, ma- doesn't matter how good of a super absolutely. coach you are, it's absolutely. 40 points at time. I know, like.
0: and it also does come down to the plays on the field, but as for the, the whole sitting on the bench thing, I think it just comes down to personal preference. Yeah. Can't really judge what he did on the bench because we weren't sitting next to him listening to what he was saying and all yeah. that, but... Yeah, I mean, if, if
1: that's the way he wants to coach. Uh, that's a fair point. I just, I would have liked, as an Essendon supporter, I would have liked to see more from him. Mm-hmm. And I could, I'd guess that there's a lot of players that could react if they deserve a spray and that could help. So that's just my opinion. Were the pies, Gordo, I know, I can imagine what your reaction to this is. Were the pies too nice to Trelaw. Now, I'll just, I'll just get some background here. So Trelaw is a player who had admitted that he was anxious coming into this game. He has those problems, he says, getting anxious, getting nervous about the game. I just want it to be over. He goes on to the MCG as nervous as anything and he's greeted by hugs and nearly kisses by the Collingwood, uh, his ex-teammates, giving him a pat on the back, having a laugh, that sort of thing, relaxes him. He goes and plays a, a pretty decent
2: game. Were they
1: too nice to him?
2: Pretty decent game. He had 18 touches at 66%. Like he didn't win the game for the dogs. No, no, but he,
1: he was good without being great.
2: And he was, he was okay. He had one goal assist. He had four score involvements. He was still getting
1: involved. I if mean, he could go, have had-
2: if if the, if the pies go and get stuck into Trelaw, no, the yeah. next thing that happens is that big boy Stephen Martin comes out and goes, right, all right, doggies, let's get fired up. We know yeah. how the doggies play against the Giants. The doggies love emotion. Luke Beveridge loves emotion. If they go out and say, you know, imagine the first quarter... They've stuck in, they've gone hard at Trelaw in the first quarter. Lupe's just down being like, we've got to protect our new son. He's yeah. chosen us. We're now his family. We don't let people pick on our family. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you get the fire in Brimstone and all of a sudden the doggies are winning by plenty. Before
1: Nico goes, my, my opinion is this, is that if you can get an advantage well, I'm saying they opinion, wouldn't have. I
2: think I, I think the pies no, have gone, uh, d- we can get we can get more of the, out of this by just leaving it alone. Yeah,
1: so, so leaving it alone is not what they did. They went up to him and said, oh, hey, you going, Cobber? Yeah on the ass, yeah, hey, big hug. Oh, relax, mate, yeah. I think it would have been worse if they said nothing. You don't have to be nice to him, but I'm saying you could have gotten an advantage, especially in the first quarter, if you said nothing. A little, you know, a little tap, a little high five, hey, go on, mate. Not a big hug and a you know, kiss and hey, go on, ring-a-ring-a-rosie. No,
2: right. yeah, no, fair enough. This is in the NBA as well. Like, everyone gives dabs. Before and after games in the NBA, and, no, and all the, think- and all the old school NBA heads said, "Oh, it's ridiculous! I want to see Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson. I want to see Punch on the whatever." No, no, we- <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not that's yeah, what you're advocating for. Yeah. Them, just like, but then they also go out and play footy, and they go out and play basketball. Definitely. Like, they all know each other. They all grew up oh, together. They all play together. You yeah, it's just like show respect in that. But I, I, I don't know. I, I don't f- think they were too
0: nice. Colin was just not that good. Okay. And they couldn't, yeah. They couldn't Collingwood were the already the villains heading Nico. into the game. Yeah, they've been the villains all pre-season. Could you and imagine you the
2: footy shows on Monday if they went and got stuck in or gave him the cold shoulder? Yeah, like exactly. he came up to say hi, and then all of his ex-teammates yeah. are like, oh, "I don't even want to talk then to you it anymore." Then creates more stories. Then he was on Footy Classified, the 360, SCN, yeah. oh. 3AW, and after a loss as well, after a loss, sore losers, be. you know
1: You know what they this says to anything. me? You know what this says to me? Right? Is that there is a big divide, I reckon, between the players. And the coach. If if it's not true, it just looks like that because it was the club. They've already showed divide with how the club um, handled the um, do Eddie better. Yeah, yep. yep. because they all came out and said we're sorry. They apologized mm. and they said we, basically we don't agree with what Eddie said. Yeah, right. Then then it's the uh, the, the Buckley issue with Trelaw. Mm. Buckley kind of forced him out, and and Trelaw's been been uh, vocal in that, and he's, yeah. he's told us. And they've come out and instead they've gone up and supported him. Like, hey, we're with you, mate. You're our mate. We love you. You know, they, they weren't the bad guys. So that kind of sends a message that, you know, is, is this Collingwood club stable? I mean, that's the questions I'd have. Well, the asked. obvious answer is no. Yeah, that's well, that's what I mean. And I thought doing that shows that even more by mm. going up and giving him a big hug and that sort of thing. I thought if they came out, they might have an advantage on the field, just a little tap, hey, hey, hey going? After the game, all good. Yeah. I don't mind that. But I thought maybe – I don't think Buckley would have been happy with that. Uh, your best tip – for the upcoming round, boys, to end off on, give it to me. And Gordo, you've got your betting podcast, so you're never wrong, guys.
2: No, never wrong, never exactly, wrong. Yeah. So <sighs> yeah. Listen up. No, 55% is <laughs> good enough for, to get profit, boys. So that's all you need. <laughs> uh, tip for yeah. this weekend is going to be the Eagles over the, the Doggies Ooh, Marvel. Oh, that's Marvel as well. So last two times that the, these two teams have played at Marvel, the Eagles have won. Yeah. Doggies come off a, an okay win against uh, the Pies, whereas the Eagles went through a, basically a training run against the Suns, so very fresh. Marvel suits the Eagles now, especially with the three talls. And also, you look at two game styles, the Doggies got themselves into a lot of trouble against Collingwood because Collingwood are that kick-mark-tempo-style football team and they want to play helter-skelter. Like, the Doggies play Richmond-style football on acid. They just, have, they just go forward. If you just go forward against... West Coast—they've got tools at either end, so you're going to be dump kicking into the into their tools and they get to play their tempo rebound football, and then hit up leads in the front half. Mm-hmm. So West Coast are mine, and I think West Coast are in that position again now to look at look towards you know a top five, top four position finish, especially with all the games they got at Domain Stadium. So a win this weekend for the Eagles gets them two and zero and on their way. Bang! There you go. I'm. T-
1: that's you make all great points, but I'm still going for the doggies. Uh, Nico, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking
0: at the other Marvel Stadium game, yeah. St. Kilda versus you love Melbourne. Marvel Stadium. You just
1: love Marvel Stadium, I, I the don't. Hawks' home ground. They loves it, rocking up there, yes. roof are we closed. The D's tip here, yeah. I'm going for the D's back on
0: topic. I'm going, for, I think the D's will win again. So, who are they playing? St. Kilda, so they get
1: St. Kilda. I thought yeah. I heard that right,
0: yeah, yeah. Really? Um
2: you watching too much facts. Max Scorn Max yeah.
0: Gorn, after the, the criticism you guys have given yeah, him, he's uh, got, James he, Yeah he's got Yeah he's going up against a second gamer in Paul Hunter Yeah so you can you can give Hunters becoming can, the hunted You can give Gorn his 50 60 hitouts and you can see that watch the D's midfield watch take the D's. control their midfield's never
1: been a problem it's been delivery inside 50 I know but we, when Actually, you're they winning got done, when they got you're smacked winning in the clearances. clearances early against Frio last week as well they've got it Melbourne, Melbourne did Melbourne. yeah yeah so maybe Gorn is
2: going to change things and Luke Jackson. So you look at you look at those stats on the weekend. Melbourne versus Fremantle hitouts 40 to 17 in the Melbourne, Melbourne's favour. Clearances, clearances 27 35 yeah, against. Yeah, they got
1: done. They got done. They've got to sort those clearances out, Nico. But that's a good tip. I like that. I'm not going to tip them, though.
0: That's fair enough.
1: Yeah. My biggest one of the week is I'm going to go Tigers by 104. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to go. There's nothing you guys stole it. My one was really Carlton over Collingwood. I'm gonna back oh, Jack Hevron. <laughs> I'm going Jack Hevron already said it, that's mine as well. I agree. Carlton will beat the pies. Now, is that
2: a bias pick because you are now a fully <laughs> Carlton member?
1: I am a Carlton uh, member now because so, my mate signed me up last year.
0: And you're saying I wasn't a true Hawthorne supporter. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we go. You don't see me signing up to other teams.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't sign up, I got signed up half of but That's what hey, and just before, hashtag the gym session please get involved guys and I said I'd give a shout out to Jared Thompson who um, sent me a tweet saying that was thoroughly entertaining easy to listen to with my interview with Tom Sheridan so I really appreciate that mate thank you for the feedback um, guys what a show what a round of footy really excited big things coming up this week on the app so make sure you download it please guys read all the content uh, Nico's got a big article coming out tomorrow The, uh, what's it called? Whiteboard Wednesdays. Whiteboard Wednesdays. I'm looking forward to that. Stay tuned. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, We'll see you next time. Ciao.